Welcome to the Wrestling Wrap-Up presented by the Anything But Credible Network, Offended and What's Your Bliss. It's your boys, Tricky and Thomas. Thomas, how you doing? I am doing fantastic. Weather's finally cooperating a little bit and makes the makes the sad uh, seasonal affective disorder go away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, if you can see, we're in a new environment right now. Um, Katie decided that she wanted to paint the office, so everything that's in the office is now out in our sunroom. Even though I kind of like, I kind of like it out here. Like it's, it's nice. nice. It's a nice vibe. Yeah, right. It's really nice. I mean, you can't see what's behind the computer, but it's not nice. It's just all the shit from the office. <laughs> it's like this little corner right now is all that's like good. But um, crazy ass pay per view revolution that we just had this past week. Um. I guess we have to say congratulations to Steve finally winning the offended champion or offended predictions championship. It's been vacant since September. Yep. <laughs> uh, I think the, uh, well, Steve, yeah. um, no, no congratulations to you. Yep. Um, good job. We won a vacant title. So proud of you. I'm not proud. Fuck Steve. Uh, anyway, <laughs> one of us should have definitely won. Um, what were the picks again? We're, he got like only like one wrong, I think, which is wild. That's wild, yeah. Um, and so the rest yeah. of us were at like four or five. Yeah, <laughs> it was like it was not great. No, not, not great show. at all. Let's see, Steve. The only one he got wrong is that he picked Ruby Soho. Like, yeah. wow. Except for he was way off on his uh, bonus questions. <laughs> anyway, uh, none of us did very well on the returns or debuts. That's for sure. Yeah, and like the one that like FTR, I was like, oh, duh. Like, of course it was them. Yeah, like totally should have saw that coming. But um, I guess let's start with the um. What was the first show? I guess I should keep that up, actually. Uh, Ricky Starks, Chris Jericho kicking off the show. I thought it was a pretty good match. It went on a little long, but I thought it was pretty good. What's your take on this match? Yeah, I agree. Um, I, you know, I think that the narrative for Jericho has been that he, like, the, the feuds go too long and he drags people down. I don't think Starks lost much in this feud, honestly. Hmm. Like, I, I know that that's like, that's like the sexy narrative. But I don't think he lost much in this. I thought it was a really good match. I thought it was well worked. Um, you know, Jericho seems to be pretty um, invigorated just in general, but he, he really does well when he's that first match, too. I think he's really good at setting the pace um, of the show. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was I thought it was pretty good. Um, I think that they both have had better opponents, but Jericho's, you know, 50-plus years old. It's, it's fine. Like, he's given right. you the best example of what a 50 plus year old wrestler could do so right look, man, he's i think we're i think we're right on track for both of them to move on to better things oh yeah 100 percent. and i personally it's like i'm much i love chris jericho and i love mjf but both of them like keep seeming to have the same feuds over and over it seems like at least story-wise and yeah. I kind of think they just kind of go on a little too long. That's my like that's like my only like complaint about AEW is just the way that you know MGF runs the gauntlet and then 
Jericho kind of also runs the gauntlet, but he's also like, oh, you can't wrestle me. It's like this. I feel like we've seen this before with like Danielson at all out. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, but I, either, but other than that, I mean, I thought it was a really good show. Uh, I mean, excuse me, a really good match. I am very hungover, if you can't tell. And I am trying very hard <laughs> not to stutter. And I'm stuttering. <laughs> uh, you're good, man. You're good. Um, but then you go to Wednesday night, and now we're getting Ricky Starks and Juice Robinson, which is awesome. But it seems like this is slowly may turn into a Bullet Club-like invasion on AEW, which I am all for. And do they have a leader right now since Jay White's out? So I'm confused about that too. Um, and I know like, uh, like uh, David Finley just joined, right? And right. so uh, I feel like whenever that happens, that person gets automatically like hot shotted into being the leader of the, of the team. Um, so I would not put it past to see him be the leader. I also could see Juice be the leader uh, coming out of this. Um, especially if Juice is going to lead the charge in AEW, you might want someone who kind of can span all of that. Right. Um, but I am confused on that too. And of course, like just the, the you know, jumping around for folks. I think there was a, a, you know, about half the people who thought Jay White was coming out when uh, Juice came out. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, not, not, ex- not expected, but also not sad that it was Juice. Uh, I think he's done a really, really great job these, these last couple of years. I really don't think himself up and it's going to be a good, like in ring is going to be really phenomenal as well. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Juice is like one of those wrestlers that even when he was, uh, I think his name was CJ Parker in NXT, like even then, like he was extremely underrated and extremely underutilized. And I feel like he's finally going to get his like time to shine a little bit. Even in New Japan, I thought he was kind of overlooked and overshadowed, even when he was the United States IWGP champion. And I just think now, like, we're really going to see him shine, especially with somebody as good as Ricky Starks. And um it's gonna be interesting it's gonna be a really interesting feud i'm really excited for that um next on the card we had jungle boy jack perry versus christian cage in a basically a casket match um i just want to say real quick that the way the casket dropped was fucking awesome and i popped so hard for that (laughs) it's like you going to hell (laughs) everyone was making uh the uh pull the lever from jokes uh <laughs> wrong lever it falls uh which i thought was appropriate um a brutal match um i said this in our in our wrestling chat but does it get more heelish than a than a sleeveless turtleneck i mean this man is a menace uh he had to be stopped so uh, uh but man jack looks so good um he's one of those guys that i just i hope that they i think they see it clearly i mean they, they've invested a lot into him I hope they see it and see it quickly and he moves up quite a bit because man, he can just he can go, he's a pure baby face in a way that we, we don't see often. I won't say that we've never seen it. We we certainly have. We've seen it with, with Brian, um, you know, but I think he is he's that next one, right? He's that next pure baby who's just going to uh rock everybody, man. Like he's right. He's improved so much. And honestly, I was really bummed when Christian got hurt at the beginning of this thing, but I think they dragged it out the right way and it yeah. and it actually built a lot of anticipation. Um and it was uh, you know, from a from a story standpoint, it was lovely to see him get his come up in cycle. 
Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I love people like on Twitter that were like, why are they rushing this match so quickly? Like he just came back. It's like, have you not been watching like for the last like two years? Like this this dates back to two years ago. This dates back to double or nothing, literally 2021 before the fans. I think the first time the fans were back were Christian won the or no, Jungle Boy won the battle royal. Yeah. Shit, was that double or nothing? Was yeah. that even full gear? I thought that was double or nothing, but they all went together sometimes. So, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Because the fans went nuts when Jungle Boy won. That's right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm like, God damn, like, just shut up, people. Twitter, I need to delete the app. I just need to delete it. Um, next, let's go to Wardlow Samoa Joe for the TNT Championship. Um, so I was actually kind of surprised that they put the title in Ward looks. I thought it was pretty evident that Powerhouse Hobbs was going to win the title on Dynamite. Um, but I guess you don't want two heels going at it and whatnot. Um, it's funny to me because like some people brought this up about how Powerhouse, excuse me, Wardlow goes from the most over babyface in the company mm-hmm. to a transitional champion in under a year. Why do you think that it was? I have a couple of thoughts. The first one is something that people I don't think want to hear, which is just natural transition. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes you 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 think the story's going to be hot, or you think something's going to work, and it doesn't. Then you work on something else, and that becomes hot, right? I mean, we're seeing it right now on the bloodline, right? It, no one expected Sammy to be the one when that whole thing started. It was just going to end in misery for Sammy Dion, right? Like that was always what it was going to be. They're going to have their laughs until tomorrow. That's clearly not what happened. You pivot sometimes. I think in Wardlow's case, like the MJF match caused a lot of damage. Um, and and that the story that was surrounding that MJF match. I think that's what did it. Um I agree. I, I, I think, you know, I, and I don't think they rushed that necessarily. It was just the circumstances and he got caught in that. Like that's not yep. Wardlow's fault. Yep. Um you know, and then I think they um, you know, I love you know, Wardlow and, and FCR, but I think like keeping them kind of in the same space without giving him a lot of, uh, you know, and during that point, at least a lot of title defenses and things like that. I think that caused probably some cool off as well. Um, they were having good matches, but it was, I, I think there was no clear direction for him to go. The problem with the way that they built Wardlow up is there is only one direction. And now they have to, if they want to continue that direction, they have to really focus on building because the only direction for him is MJF. That's it. Hmm. Um, and, Hob- and Hobbs, I thought they had a good story. They had a good story, this kind of three, this kind of triple threat in Samoa Joe and Hobbs. And I thought that the story was well done this week. And I think that, yeah, it wasn't as hot as it could have been. And everyone knew Hobbs was winning. I think that was right. like, as soon as Hobbs grabbed the ring, it was like, this man is getting this title. So what are we doing? I don't think Ward was dead in the water. I just think you got to find something interesting for him to do. And I trust his talent. And frankly, I trust the booking to get it done. Right. Definitely. And is the car breaking on Wardlow? Was that real that they're just turning into his story now? Or is it <laughs> like, you know, I feel like it was real. And then AEW is just running with it now. But that's what I think too. And especially because um, one of the guys that follow on, on Twitter, uh, uh, he, he's part of the Grassley podcast, Righteous Wedge, and he talks. He, he was talking about even before they went. He was like, "Look, 
synthesis was not as safe place to be. You cannot leave anything in your car anywhere. And he, and he was like telling people this. And then, yeah, two days later, this happened to Red Miller. Of course, right. So. This reminds me of when Jericho lost the title because he, what, I think he left it in his limo or whatever. And some guy, like the limo driver stole it or something, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. AEW's had a, had a rough time with keeping titles around. <laughs> yeah, they have. <laughs> yes, they have. Um, and then there's a little QT Marshall coming in and helping out Powerhouse Hobbs, which does make a lot of sense. If you date back to last summer, he's like, I owe you one, and I, you'll get it when the time comes. And the fact that they kind of went back to that, I actually really like that they went back to it. I'm not the biggest yeah. fan of QT Marshall until... Now I'm a huge fan of QT Marshall after what's transpired on Twitter, and we'll get into that in a little bit. But um, <laughs> I'm he's excited not... to talk about that because they be changed my mind as well. So dude, I mean, <laughs> dude, QT Marshall just became like one of my all-time favorites just because of this interaction and the way he's just sticking up like for the roster and like everything. That whole yeah, we'll get into that a little in a little bit because I don't think most fans realize that that goes way deeper than yeah. some people think especially with some comments that were made about Kenny Omega and Sheeta yep. a year ago. Um, yep. But we'll get in that in a minute. Uh, next up on the card, we have, let's go to, in my opinion, probably one of the matches of the night, candidate for match of the year, the trios championship match, House of Black versus the Elite. Holy hell, the storytelling in this match of how the Elite looks kind of scared of House of Black and the way that everything that they were doing, it just wasn't working. And yep. everything that House of Black was doing, they were just killing it. They, it's not like that they squashed the elite, but it kind of felt like it in a very good way and in a very good storytelling way. And they're actually doing what we talked about a year ago with them, that the House of Black, when they come back, they need to be these fucking monsters that just yep. run through everybody look dominant look strong just i mean again just look like monsters and they're actually doing it with them they're actually making them unstoppable uh what's your take on this match well, you you hit the nail on the head this match was my favorite match of of the week of maybe of the year um but it i mean it was just so good um you know these trios matches they, they do them better than anybody it's so funny because i was I was thinking about this as I was watching WWE this week. I was just thinking about like the six women tag that they set aside that they, that they put on the WrestleMania card, and it just made me feel, just the idea of like I know the WWE, you know, six person match is going to be. We'll call it trios for the right. sake of this. I know that I know the trios match in WWE is going to be, and they cannot match this. No, it's not at all. possible for them to do. The closest they ever got, and they weren't even there then, was when the shield was was rocking everybody. Yeah, but um, and then I would love to see the shield versus the House of Black, but that's neither here nor there. Um, <laughs> so this was amazing. Um, everybody looks great. It's it's exactly the opposite of what we were just talking about with Wardlow. Frankly, these mm -hmm. guys were dead in the water. We thought that we thought Malachi was going to leave. I mean, yeah. that was like how how bad things were getting for House of Black. They weren't winning matches. They weren't winning feuds. Um, you know, there was uh, confusion about what they were doing. Um, they were great. They were fun. They were still like of, of spooky-ish gimmicks. Like they're still the best one out there. Right. Um, 
even when things weren't going well. And all they did, it was very simple. They just built them up on TV slowly, but like, but very specifically. And it was like very clear that they were going after the elite. Very clear that this was the next step. And then they just came out and survived. Everyone was at 100 that night. And, um, you know, we, we, we talked to, we talked in the chat about Buddy just looking like a fucking brick shit ass man. But, um, you know, everyone in that match, like, worked their asses off. The chemistry was off the charts. And everything just seemed to go well. You know, you yep. get those matches and everything goes well. Beyond the, the talent of the performers. Man, I, I don't know. It was, I, I'm having a hard time choosing between that and the one I saw in person. I just loved <laughs> that match. Dude, the match is great. I mean, AEW, AEW has hit nothing but home runs with this trios, with these trios titles. <clears throat> Every match that they have had, I cannot think of one bad trios match since these titles have come into play. Every match has been good. And even the ones like fucking AR Fox with Top Flight, those matches, I mean, they're just insane to watch. And they're going to be trios champions, I think, by the end of the year, probably. Um, House of Black. The other thing that I wish wish they would do is a similar thing to what they do with uh, the Lucha Bros and Death Triangle. I like um, like Top Flight you know, as the team, but I, like Top Flight and AR Fox, like let's give them a name together. Like they could be Top Flight when they're the tag team and something else when they're, you know, I don't know, be the Flying Foxes. But, you, know, <laughs> you get the point. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. I liked that they did that with the Lucha Bros and with that Triangle. And so I was like, oh, maybe they, you know, could do that. Because I, I feel like often a lot of the trios, not all of them, but a lot of the trios end up being tag team plus. Right. And so like, well, I think we could make this work. <laughs> Anyway, hmm. If you could pick one tag team in AEW and put them with one singles guy to create a trios team, who would it be? I never thought about that until you just said that. Interesting. Um, give me the acclaimed and Ricky Starks. Great, even though I guess. Daddy ass would be the third. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, uh, that's interesting. I'm gonna have to think on that a little bit, but um yeah, I, I that's that's really interesting. Right. I don't it's know. A, I want to throw Big Bill in there somewhere. I just need Big Bill like that. Uh, who, I think Big Bill and Tall oh. I need Big Bill and Tall Tall to be a team. I don't know why you're not there for that. Just give me uh, Big Bill and Big Show. And then they just win the trios titles by themselves. Perfect. Yeah. Maybe we bring back Marco Stuck. You know, just for the day. That would actually be awesome. Um, um, no, I got. I got. I got to think about that. Yeah. Uh, it's it's hard because also a lot of the tag teams, particularly that have been in the title uh, hunt, do actually have a third around them. Right. Right. Um, so like you know. Uh, you got Jarrett Lethal Satinum and the Dutt even, right? You got uh, obviously Daddy Ass. It's like they all kind of have a floating third, so I'm like, I mm-hmm. wonder who that might be, but I'll, I'll, I'll give it some thought. Yeah. Um, I, I wanted to ask you, I had this thought while I was watching this match, and, and more so, honestly, after kind of the week, which was when the TNT title was introduced, it was introduced as not like not a secondary title, right? It was it was trying to be kind of on the same level. Obviously, right. like the, the perception is what it is. Like it, it's clearly not on the same level. But I'm curious from your perspective, like what 
you would rank the titles, and particularly, does the international championship now the international championship for the ABL Atlantic? Um, is that more important than the TNT title now? It's kind of it's funny because I think the TNT title lost a little prestige in a weird way after Cody left. I think Cody was kind of like that was like his title, and like since he couldn't wrestle for the world title, they're like, oh, that's Cody's title, like. And I think it's had some, it's had some really weird ups and downs, especially after the passing of Brody Lee. And it's like, how do you, how can you say anybody else is a better TNT champion after he passes away? I mean, like his title reign was great. Yeah. Then you have Miro who comes in, does wonders with that title, brings that title back to its prestige. And then, and this is no disrespect to Sammy Guevara or Scorpio Sky. It just didn't work. It just didn't pan out. There's something, something was missing with them in, um Sammy Guevara I, I, I am a big fan of Sammy Guevara I know a lot of people hate him but I think he is so good but I just wish you hear some things backstage about how he's like making comments about like how he doesn't want to work house shows because he doesn't want to take the bumps it's like dude you're not I don't think you're in a spot to be making those comments yet no. like people like Danielson or Moxley I think could be like I don't really want to work the house shows but you'll never hear them say that because of who they are and yeah. um so for me in ranking the titles i'm just gonna go to tbs championships number one over the world title yes. <laughs> i would go world title women's title um tag titles uh let's see i'm almost i'm almost putting those trios titles right under the the tag titles now um there are days where i put them above right yeah like truly um you know and so yeah i mean that was really like that is what made me think of it because i was like am i putting this under the women's title basically it was right like, when i was watching that match so i i'm almost in agreement with you um and, and i'm yeah. like i i like the all atlantic name i was actually kind of bummed they changed it i liked the name of that I um, was too. yeah but that title in my opinion the international title that's what it's called right international title Yep. In my opinion, that is the most beautiful championship in all of wrestling. That is the coolest looking belt in all of wrestling. So for that alone, that edges out the TNT championship. And I know they're trying to make the TNT championship like their intercontinental title. But I but think it's their TV title. Yeah, it's their TV title. Exactly. You know what I mean? And like when I and I thought about that even more when I was thinking of the King of Television Samoa Joe. And it's like if you, you could consider those two titles on the same level, and that's okay. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. have to diminish either one of them. Right. Um, I think the TV title is not what we think of when we think of like the latter days of the WCW TV title, right? That's not what we're talking about here. Right. We're talking about Arn Anderson's TV title. You yeah. know what I mean? But we just have to make sure that that's how it's kind of booked. I have a lot of faith that they're going to do right by Hobbs and that he's going to bring it back to prominence. I agree. But yeah, I mean, I do think it's floating a little under that international title. And part of that is Orange Cassidy. I mean, he's just, he's the shit, man. Yeah, dude, (laughs) he is just on fire. He's on a roll right now. And yeah, I think we talked about before, I wouldn't mind seeing a world title run with Orange Cassidy at some point down the road. I mean, I agree. He showed that he can go with Kenny Omega and Pac in a three-way match at Double or Nothing a couple of years ago, and that match is 
that's probably one of the best triple threat matches AEW's ever done, and they rarely do them, but that match was awesome. Um, and you brought up Arn Anderson. Uh, we have to send some condolences out to Arn Anderson, his oldest son passing away at the age of 37. That's yeah. terrible. That, that's awful. Uh, yeah. So positive vibes to Arn Anderson, sending, sending that to his way. Um, let's see. Where are we at? Where are we at? Let's go uh, tag team titles. AEW World Tag Team Titles. It was a triple threat uh, match between the Guns, the Acclaimed, or was it four-way? It was four. It was three? No, it was four. It was four. Guns, Acclaimed, Jarrett, um, and, um, and and Lethal, and then Orange and Dan That's right. Yeah. God, it's so weird. It's so weird that they, th- I mean, I liked it. That they put Dan House and Orange Cassidy in the match, but I was like, I not just give that spot to FTR. Like, yeah. yeah. But I, I mean, I, it, it worked it was, out. It was just so random. I mean, I felt like the other three teams actually had a story with each other, and then they mm-hmm. were just kind of shoot that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a triple threat would have been just fine outside. But, right. Yeah. Um, what's your take on the guns? Because I, I feel like I'm in the minority of like actually enjoying like what they're doing. I um I I'm a big 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 Billy Gunn fan when I was younger, um, mm-hmm. and so like you know the fact that uh, they even come from that lineage and they are you know they're better than the smoking guns were and I love the smoking guns, <laughs> um, for, but like I like I like the guns. Um, I think that they've been improving quite a bit. I don't know if they were ready for the title run right yet frankly, but mm-hmm. they went with it and it's been fine. It's not, I don't think that they're like, I don't think there's anything taken away from the acclaim that they lost to them. I don't think that there's like, it's definitely, they're not, they don't scream like jobbers to me necessarily. Right. I would like to see them like improve a little more just because like they're in ring work. It's good, but it's, it is behind a lot of, a lot of people in the um, particularly on the team side. But I think they have good chemistry together and they have good chemistry with the acclaim. So I, I, I don't mind the guns. Um, I think they're good foil. I think they're, you know, um, kind of combination of, of chicken shit and also like they, they talk a lot of shit. So, um, yeah, I, I, I don't mind the guns. Yeah, I, I like them. I think they're doing a good job. And But, man, when they won, that crowd went fucking silent. Again, yeah. just went. I mean, it was just like a, whoom, like, I mean, you could hear a pin drop in that place. Um, which you don't want like silence in wrestling, you heel or baby face. I get that, but they are generating some fucking heat and they are. they're, they're doing their jobs as heels right now. And um, I clearly think FTR is taking the titles off them probably sooner. I think they'll probably win those titles before double or nothing personally. And then I think at double or nothing, there's fucking fly. God damn. <laughs> This is why I don't like sitting out in the center because there's little <laughs> these little ass flies that go in these plants that Katie has everywhere. Okay. But anyway, uh, um, I lost my train of thought. Oh, at Double or Nothing, I can see it being the acclaimed in FTR for the titles because I mean the acclaimed are yeah. still over as fuck. I mean, my God, they're still just massively over. You see the foam fingers everywhere still. Um, and to be honest. <clears throat> I wouldn't mind seeing the FTR versus Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett. I hate saying it. Jeff Jarrett's been 
Jeff Jarrett's been a home run in AEW. It's the most annoying thing in the world. <laughs> <laughs> it's so annoying how good Jeff Jarrett is. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think I told you when I was at the, when I was at the show, I was like, I got so excited that I got to see Jeff Jarrett wrestle. Like, like <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. He's he uh, he's he's got to have the most interesting career. In, oh yeah, or at least top three in wrestling history. Um, and the, and he figured out he figured it out. Um, good for him. The man always gets his bag, and we should all be like Jeff Jarrett. Frankly, he's the uh, biggest carny in the business. He's been so entertaining, and uh, you know he and is. He, the style that works for for longevity um so good for him yeah i mean he's just like he's taking his character just to another level in AEW, to where he just gives no fucks and he's being a dick like i mean he is being yeah. such a dick and the way he even shoved aubrey i was like oh my god this guy's an asshole but he's doing such a good job of doing it like and and Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett's theme song is a banger. I can't I can't say it. it's not. It really, Every time I hear, it, I'm like, let's really let's go, cause it's my you know, people, world. <laughs> people forget because there's two reasons people forget. One, WCW was in the shitter, and two, there were two top heel champions at the same time in WCW and WWE that mm. at the time with Triple H, who was starting his reign of terror. And so, because of that, people forget Jeff Jarrett was an asshole in WCW, and it yeah. was like it was really entertaining. Um, and he would just hit people with guitars all the time, and he mm-hmm. did that. You know, that's um, he he'd been doing slap nuts, but he really brought it like he, like ramped it up to a hundred. Um, those WCW two thousand shows are not good, but Jeff Jarrett is good in them, and right. I think people forget that because everything was so bad during that time. It's kind of like it's funny because it's. It it just makes me think of like WWE for the last few years and how if Roman's not on the show, that shows you can miss that show. Like you can totally not watch and be completely content with knowing exactly what's going on because everything was just so bad, like and generic and it was just not good. Jeff Jarrett, man, I'm trying to think. I think the only time I've ever seen him wrestle live, I think was at like an tna lockdown when it was in st louis like oh nice. six or something nice. trying like i'm like you were saying like how you see the big show like a lot right every single show i've been at yep <laughs> i'm i'm the complete opposite when it comes to jeff Jarrett. like never i think i've only seen him once it's the only time i could think of because i don't think he was on was he on raw as owen because i was at that show and but i don't think he was on it like the next night because there's no way he could have wrestled that night. No, I think he just did the. I think they just had him in the in the video package. Yeah. I don't think yeah. he wrestled. I don't think he did. I don't think that was such a that is such a surreal, like memory I have in mind. That's just so vivid. Like yeah. I remember like that whole show like perfectly. Like it's weird because I don't remember like a lot of other wrestling shows. I remember like the bits and pieces, but that show. I remember, like, from start to finish. It's so weird. You know, anyway. you see that, and it's so interesting to me because I've had, I've had a lot of experiences in the last few years where, you know, I've been fairly close to the ring. I've been very lucky to be able to do that. And mm-hmm. But the show I remember, the two shows I remember the most are my very first show, which is 96 Clash of Champions, um, and uh, and then my second show, the second one I remember the most, was the raw after they had to cancel the raw for the first time because of the snow, and so oh yeah, got, like, 
the coolest fucking Raw that night, um, which included Seth Rollins against Daniel Bryan, um, for who was going to face Roman at Fastlane. And oh my god, I forgot. Show, about that. I was in the rafters and I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I can't decide if I want to go to Raw or not. I cannot decide. It's like you got Roman advertised, but then they advertise Logan Paul, and it's just like, ugh. do I want to go just for one segment? Logan Paul if he was wrestling, it'd be fine, right? Right. It's just a yeah. Right. It's like I bought tickets to SmackDown, and I'm glad I did because it ended up being like the most infamous Bloodline skit of all time, where everybody's just laughing the whole time. But other than that. I didn't give a shit about the rest of that show. And that crowd died after that fucking, after that segment. And then Mysterio Walter was cool. But like, other than that, like there was nothing else to that show. There was nothing. Anyway. Uh, So yeah, guns retained. That's what it was. Moving on. Let's go to the AEW Women's World Championship. Triple Threat, uh, Soraya, Ruby Soho, and uh, Jamie Hayter. It's kind of how I thought it was going to go down with... I didn't see Jamie. I don't see Jamie losing that title for a while. I do. Um, I do think she will lose it to Ruby at some point, though. I think they're totally moving Ruby Ruby Soho forward as just this heel that the women's division sorely needs right now. Um, Ruby and, gave the greatest you people promo that has probably ever happened. Yeah, like, definitely. She did it, and it made sense, and she owned it, and. Edens was good. I was really impressed with yeah. her on, on Wednesday night. Yeah, me too. I thought it was that was really good. Um I'm I don't know how you feel about this story. I've been very entertained with Soraya and Tony Storm as like the outsiders gimmick, and I don't understand the hate for Soraya right now. I don't get it. Like she's is she the best? No. And does she have ring rust? Yes, absolutely. But she's nowhere near how fans are making her out to be right now. And I don't understand that. Do you have like a take on that at all? My take is that it's not related to wrestling, that it's all related to Ronnie, her boyfriend. It's all related to, you know, kind of her continued interactions with him and frankly her, uh, her, her dating life, which we know for a variety of reasons has been public spectacle for a very long time. And I think people uh, treat her shitty because of it. Now, I, I certainly know Ronnie Radcliffe fan, but I also, like, that's not Saray's fault. It is what it is. Like, right. she's not him, you know? Um, I understand that we, you know, part of holding people accountable is sometimes holding people that enable them accountable. And, like, I, I can't, it's not her fault that he's right. a piece of shit. Right. So, I, I think it is that. I think it's that people just, like, and she's, you know, she's feisty and she's going to fight back and, and she's not a pushover. So people then feel like they can push extra buttons. I don't think you can critique the in-ring work, uh, you know, as insofar as like, I think people also have this misconception of what she was in the ring before. Right. I think because she's so young and so different, people have equated that with her being Sasha or... Right. Um, you know, Bianca or whatever, like which was not, which was never the case. She's always been good in the ring. I would never say that she was like phenomenal. 
she's always been good. Um, and that's not any different now. Yeah, she's maybe a step slower. Yeah, she's probably a little more cautious. I'm, man, uh, we said, we talked about this with, with Brian and, and boys, he blowed it out of the water and Edge, but like, dude, this is bonus time. Why aren't we just enjoying this? Like, right. this is not something that we ever would have gotten 10 years ago. So right. let's just fucking enjoy it, man. I agree. Um, if you could pick five to add to Ruby's, to Ruby, Soraya, and Tony's team, if you could add two more wrestlers to them and then even it out on the original side to make it five, five versus five, who would it be? Um, I would add on the original side. And I think you can do it because I think I think you can lean in in a way, and she's so likable as a real life human that I think it would work. I would add Nyla to the yep, original side. I would too. And um, as funny as this is, because they just wrestled each other, I would add Riho to the original side. Mm-hmm. Um, I think part of part of that for me is actually just exposing Riho to kind of more of an American style. I think she's very much an attraction right now, and that's fine. And I think she does really well with the, in the way they utilize her. But I'd love to see her more because she's really good. So yeah. um, I would certainly add her in. Oh, boy. On the other side. Um, Jesus, you know, I'm blanking out other women that are uh, in the company. Um, I'm going to my list here. I, I mean, I would I would bring in Mercedes yeah. if, they can, if they can swing it. Of course. Um, I have one. I have one other yeah. one besides Mercedes. Go to Impact and go get Mickey James. So it's so funny because I was like, I wonder if you could do Mickey James. I literally was just thinking, I wonder if you could do Mickey James mm-hmm. and make it interesting and make it work. And I think you probably could. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a really good pick. It's a really she, good pick. I think she would knock it out of the park too. I think she would be great. Um, on the, the other original, option is bringing in Trinity with Mercedes, <laughs> or or you or you put in Athena. That's good. Yeah, I like that. Mm-hmm. I like that. Um, yeah. Ooh, Athena would be good because her she is holy shit. Yeah. Is she good as a heel? Holy fuck! Yeah. Like yeah. ten times better than her as a baby face. Her as a heel is knocking it out of the fucking park, and then some. Yeah. Um. I think for me, for the originals, though, I would go, you got Jamie, you got Britt, and then you got Nyla, and then it leaves that spot open for two more. And this is where I go back and forth, because if Chris Statlander is around, you put in Chris Statlander in there. Of course, yeah, of course. But then you have a really tough decision to make, because I think Sheeta should be in that in that match also. But what about Jade Cargill and Riho? And that's where I go back and forth with because I think Jade should definitely be in it. But since Jade has the title, maybe you can get away with her not being in it. But I think if you add Jade to their team, that's going to just excel that story even more because fans would just get so behind it. And just not only does it elevate the story, it elevates Jade. And it's like that's exactly what you want. And then you end the story with Jade turning on Jamie and then going after the yep. world title. And then, yep. and I think then that's a great idea. And- and my points for Riho go for Jade too, right? She's an attraction, but get her in there. Let her, let yeah. her mix it up. Let her 
you know, just throw that. She's already just an enigma. Let her just be, you know, that person that carries this. Like that, they, she's, to me, it's like they have nowhere else to turn and they're like, they, like they're begging her, you know, like, right. okay, oh, drop the mic. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't ready for a mic drop yet. Uh, you know, yeah, I, 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 it's a great idea. It's something I, I should thought of. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> See, we should just be bookers. We should just be bookers. Instead, we have a podcast (laughs) where we can't get it to work half the time. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Moving on, we got two matches left. And these matches, holy shit, two five-star matches on the card, and it's these two matches. Hangman Adam Page versus Jon Moxley in the Texas Death Match. I'm just going to let you go on this one. I'm just going to let you go because... I have no words because I'm speechless on this match. You know my uh, my uh, renewed love of violence, and this was no, mm-hmm. uh, you know, no shortcomings <laughs> of that. That's for sure. I thought they told an excellent story. Um, you know, I think that they, they are like kind of the epitome of fight forever, right? Like I could watch them just fight each other. Oh yeah. Um, like they're they they are they have really good chemistry together. I think. You know, I, I, there's a lot of people that I think um, are down on Hangman after kind of the the run he had with the title and and, and kind of the subsequent run after, especially compared to everything before. I've never been that person. Um, you know, Hangman is is up there in the upper echelon for me. Um, he proves it, I think, every single time that he's out there. And Mox has been a great dance partner for him. Um, and this is just, uh, it was brutal. It was... Um, I, I firmly believe that they were just going to give it to Mox, and I thought it was going to be another like. I actually thought like we might get the Black Combat Club out um, to you know because they've just been such dicks lately. Uh, <laughs> I thought they might come out and um, you know kind of get that win for Mox. I loved the finish. Uh, the Hangman hung somebody, um, and I, I thought that that was uh, it was really well done um, and. It wasn't in bad taste. It wasn't, uh, you know, it wasn't the boss man and Undertaker uh, from WrestleMania 15. <laughs> um, I thought they did it really well, and um, I thought it added a really great dimension to the match. Seeing Mox tap, I mean, it's a rarity, um, yeah. if and ever. So yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was fantastic. I mean, that match was violent. I mean, that match was over the top violent, and I enjoyed, like you said. Hit the nail on the head, and I enjoyed every minute of it. And I think it was, was said in our wrestling chat, but somebody else said it, and that's it. literally when the match was over. That was my first thought. I was like, that was the best, like, death match, hardcore match, whatever you want to call it, since Cactus Jack, Randy Orton. Like, yeah. yeah, they tore the house down. It was just, and it flowed perfectly the entire time. Um, it was it's just a fucking great match. The storytelling of that match is outstanding. Uh, Hangman Adam Page is just great in Texas death matches. He can make anybody look like a million bucks. And that's a weird statement to say, considering that he was wrestling John Moxley because John Moxley can make anybody look like a million bucks. Um, yeah. But man, when Hangman takes it up a notch, he just becomes this entirely new wrestler and this whole darker side. We're starting to see of Hangman and, I still think it's slowly building towards a reunion with the elite. And that's, I really hope that's where we're going with it. And I want to see the elite versus like 
Blackpool Combat Club at some point, hopefully when Danielson comes back. Um, and then on Wednesday, we get Stu Grayson back with the Dark Order and Hangman versus Blackpool Combat Club. Like, that's awesome. Yeah, that was exciting. I, I was glad to see that. I know they used him the last time they were in Canada as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's exciting. And, um, you know, I'm sure that I'm sure Ono's happy about that. Uh, oh, yeah. Is part of that. And it's it's going to be a fun one. It's going to be, um, it's better than any other combination they could have had lately for this match. Yeah, definitely. 100%. 100%. Um, yeah, Hangman and Page pulling out the win, making them tap. Um, the first, I mean, I think it's the first time John Moxley's tapped out in AEW. And I'm trying to think, like, I guess, you know, he tapped out when he was Dean Ambrose in WWE at some point, but shit, that was so long ago. Like, it's it's crazy, like, the 180 that he's done it from goofy ass Dean Ambrose to badass John Moxley. Like, it's crazy. Um, it's also he, like they could have had this. Right. Even yep. if you don't do the blood, mm-hmm. you could have had this guy. Yeah, hundred percent. That's what he. That's what I thought we were getting when he turned heel. Like, yes. Nope. And is our Blackpool Combat Club? Are can you? Can we now call them officially heels? Like we got it at this point. Yeah, I think we have to. Especially after the way. And I'm, I'm mildly surprised how well you defend as a heel. But yeah. Kind of a dick. So. <laughs> he's an asshole. It's Cesaro. Yeah. I can't believe I just called it Cesaro. Claudio, fucking, I just love Claudio. Just like, no, we're just gonna let them fight. And just takes Silver, just like it's nothing. Like he's a little kid, and just throws him over the top rope. Like, <laughs> yeah, fucking great. And finally, the main event, five and a half stars, sixty-five minutes long. MJF defending the AEW World Championship against the American Dragon Brian Danielson. This is the hands down, in my opinion, the best Iron Man match since Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart. And the callbacks to that match in that in their match was outstanding. There's several spots in that match that were identical to that original 60 minute Iron Man match. And, you know, Danielson had some input on that just because him and Shawn are buddies, and, you know, trainer, whatnot. But um. Literally, when that match in the tie, I looked at Kago. They're going full blown, Brett Sean. This is great, and they did. And holy fuck, the tap out on his own move. What's your take on it? I, I like. I can't believe that's how they ended it. It blew my mind. I um, that match from nineteen ninety six was my favorite match for a very, very long time. It was something I'd never seen before. I don't think I'd ever even seen an Iron Man match, maybe to that point. Um, I think it was the first one. Uh, if I remember correctly. Um, and, you know, I think that um, Iron Man matches are really hard to do. Uh, you know, we saw that with, what was it Seth and Dolph, I think, had a match. And the one where everyone was counting down every, like, minute or whatever oh um, yeah they did have an iron man match didn't they holy shit and, uh, i forgot about that so they are hard to do and these guys i'm trying not to let recency bias cloud this i think it's the best iron man match i've ever seen 
Um, it, 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 it is amazing. It built upon the, the one from WrestleMania 12 to your point, but it was, it was, it was really personal. It was really, it was really violent in its own right. Obviously not quite to the, to the level of the Texas death match, but it was brutal. And MJF, you know, I, we can talk about the build in between. And I, I do think like we got to maybe do something different and not have the gauntlet every single time, but he shows up when it counts. Yeah. And, and I think that's partially why people get frustrated because like he is so good in the ring and you forget because he's so good on the mic and he's really just a great wrestler. Um, he's just the epitome of what it means to be a professional wrestler. Right. Um, but he also is the he's the right type of heel who does exactly what he says he's gonna do. He said yep. he would tap him out in front of his family and send him home. And here we are. Um I still I, going in, I thought it should have been Daniel Sims, um, but I think they've told the story well. Um and I thought they told the story when he did the yes chance. And it like the way I read those yes chants was like he was like he went back into Daniel Bryan mode, right? Yeah. He was like, this is my moment. This is my chance. I'm going to get everybody behind me. Here we go. We're doing it again. And to, to come up short, uh, I just, brilliant storytelling. I don't know what else to say about it. It's, yeah. It was one of the greatest matches I've ever seen. I, I personally still liked, uh, just for what it was, I liked the, the trios match better um, for the night. But it, in the annals of time, this one's going to stand the test. So uh, mm-hmm. you've got two Two of the greatest currently. You have, I think, you know, we've said it on this on this podcast. I think we should officially stamp it. Brian Danielson is the greatest of all time, and we just, I think, we just have to stand by that at this point. Uh, yeah. There's no one who's ever been better than Right. I I 100% agree. And just the fucking when he did the yes chance, I stood up. And popped like a little kid. And I was just like, holy shit, he's doing the thing. He's doing the fucking thing. I'm like, he's winning. He's for sure winning. And then, nope. Pulled. I mean, I looked at K. I was like, that is one of the biggest swerves of all time in any wrestling match I've ever seen. I thought yeah. for sure the first time he was going to do the yes chance, he's winning the like the championship. I'm like, and I hope, and something, something had to have happened between wwe and danielson since then because the bellas are fucking pissed at wwe and all of a sudden and danielson said he would never do the yes chance out of respect for wwe in AEW. yep and now he's just doing it i don't think it's coincidence that it happened two weeks after the bellas were bad mouth in wwe or a month after whatever but yeah. something happened there and i think we are going to see danielson stay in AEW for a little while longer now and I am fully on board with that because he even kind of called them out. He even kind of called them out on his promo, the last promo he did before uh, the match on Wednesday night on Dynamite, where he was like, I signed with AEW because I wanted to fight. And it's like, something happened. Something definitely happened because he's now he's taking shots. And Danielson is not the type of person that does that. And so I'm curious to know if anything did happen. I doubt we'll ever figure it out or find out because Danielson's so private and that's okay. It's none of our business. I'm just, I want to know. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, no, totally. Um, but that main event was just storytelling to a T. And I love that they're like, 
When they said there's no breaks in between falls, they meant there's no breaks in between falls. And I love that MJF, like they used it to the heels advantage of like one, two, three, one, two, three. Like, I love that they did that. What is your take on him throwing the water on the little kid? <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think this is a good conversation. <laughs> my take is I, I'm of a couple of thoughts, right? As as someone who loves wrestling, it's fine he'll spot, right? Mm-hmm. Let's take everything at face value and say they didn't know what was going on, mom didn't know what was going on, right? Uh, it, allegedly, it maybe maybe was tequila, maybe it was water. That frankly doesn't change a lot to right. me in in terms of like my opinion on it. And I will say, I as a parent, I have a different opinion on it than I probably would if I wasn't right. But I'm thinking if I took my son to that show and he didn't know what was going on and that had happened, he would have freaked out, and that would have been really hard for me, and I I would have been upset. Um, so ultimately, it probably would have been okay, um, especially if it was like something that he was like super excited about. As a kid, I would have loved it, like if I was part of the show, right? Right. But I'm thinking of like my kid, and particularly like like my kids, you know, um, like it was my daughter. My daughter's autistic. Like that would have ruined probably the whole thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, um, I think that would have been really hard. And so I. Ultimately, like, I think it's it's fairly, they made good on it, regardless of whether or not, whatever your thoughts are, are on it, they made good right. on it, and they, they took care of the kid. So I think that that's good. That's all you can do in that situation, frankly. I think if, and, and I also think if AEW doesn't want to be put in that situation, then you put plants there. Right. And they've had plants there before. It's not like that's, you know, they've had people who are part of, like, you know, the business or, or, or wrestling media or whatever be the one that he goes after. So if you want to control it, then control it a little bit. Again, like as a fan, doesn't bother me. As a parent, it would have probably bothered me. That's fair. That's 100% fair. Uh, the way I look at it, of like that kid's going to grow up realizing MJF did that kid a favor because he got to go backstage and meet all the wrestlers and get like all this cool shit from yeah. them. Um, but the way you put it, I never, I don't know, I guess just because I don't have kids, I didn't think about it that way. Yeah, I guess I would have been pissed if I was like a parent too. But at the same time, I would have been like, <laughs> my fucked up brain, I would have been like, he's a bad guy. You're supposed to boo him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is why we boo this man. Look at this guy. I do think it was hilarious. There's like, I want to say it's the final like 10 minutes. It's, it's around then. It's like the last 10 minutes of the match, maybe the last five minutes of the match. They're outside of the ring. And you see MJF like walk past or he's on the ground. Actually, it's when Danielson's beating him up, like on the outside of the ring. And when MJF's laying on the ground, you see that same little kid come up with the foam, with the scissor foam fingers and just give him the finger. <laughs> it's like, yeah, get him, kid. <laughs> they, I, like I said, they figured it out. They made good, whatever, whatever, you know, whatever you want to believe about the incident itself. They made good. And I think that's all you can do. Like, shit happens. And, right. you know, you fucking learn from it. Uh, MJF's also not, like, you know, he's not a psychopath. If if he, you know, is if he gets told that he did something wrong, they can fix it. Like he's he's a good businessman too. So. Right. Um, who do you think is taking the title off of MJF? It's a great question. Um,
yeah, I mean, do you save that? Do you do you give that to someone who you're building with? Which I think is probably the way that I would go personally. So then you yep. go back to like a Ricky Starks. Mm. Do, um, you know, do, do, do you try to sort of rehab Wardlow? Um, I think those are those are two realistic possibilities, and I think they would be they would both need some elevation in kind of their place currently. Um, I don't think he loses for a while, though. I mean, I, I see him going probably a year at least with the title. Um, mm. So I don't, I don't see him moving, you know, until at least full gear. But I can imagine, you know, a pretty lengthy reign even beyond that too. Right. Um, it wouldn't surprise me to have it play into the 2024 storyline and the whole like kind of summer punk type of style where he's like, I'm gonna leave here as champion. Right. And no one's gonna stop me. Um. Yeah, I don't know. What are your thoughts? So there's three people I have in mind. One is Ricky Starks. The other is Kenny Omega. And the third is CM Punk. Yeah. I'm at the point where we need CM Punk back. And I want to see CM FTR together. I want to see them, like, just take over. Um, there's the reports that came out that FTR, it was assumed backstage that FTR signed long-term deals with AEW. Zax refuted those, said that's a false rumor. And even PWI came out and said we'd never reported that. Um, but then I just read some other things that kind of like dispute that a little bit. And they're like, most of the roster is in full belief that they did, in fact, sign long-term contracts. And FTR, they're like Jeff Jarrett. They're the biggest workers in the... They're some of the biggest workers in the business. And... It would not surprise me one bit if they did resign, and if their contracts up on in April, their contracts up in like a few weeks, and there's no way they're coming back just to put over the guns and on the way out. Especially with the way that story has been told, there's no way that FTR is losing that story. Um, and I just can't see them going back to WWE on the sole fact of, other than the Usos in the New Day. Who do we even who is a tag team over in WWE right now? Their tag team division, it's almost gotten worse since Triple H has taken over. Wild. Yeah. It's uh, weird. Yeah, we know Vince hates tag teams, but maybe Triple H does too. Yeah, it's very which I know he doesn't. We saw what he did. Mm-hmm. It's very bizarre. Um yeah, I, they need to do something. Um frankly, because nothing else is happening. Uh, I know he's hurt right now, but when Champa comes back, I think they just put him right back with Gargano. Like, what's like, what are we doing? Right. Neither both of them are floundering. We talk about Gargano all the time. I don't know what's going on with him. But yeah, I mean, everyone else, all the other teams are comedy teams, or they, they yeah, there's there's nothing really there. They're just kind of thrown together. Um, so yeah, what do we even do with that? Um, I suppose you could call a couple of teams up. Um, I'd be interested in seeing like the Creeds against FTR or, or right. pretty deadly FTR. But they don't need to go to NXT for that, and I don't know how soon we're going to get those teams on the roster. Right. So, I, I, it would not make any sense to me if no. they went back right now. Yeah, it doesn't make sense for me to. It doesn't make sense for me to see the Young Bucks or FTR leave AEW at this moment. Um, right. Especially with the Young Bucks and how much they hate leaving home as it is, and how they're very big family guys and all this stuff and being same with FTR. And it's like, yeah. so you're telling me you're going to give that up to go back on the road with WWE to where 
you just might be a sideshow to them. Like you're not going to be a main event level. Like if you go back to WWE, but I don't, I don't know. Um, But the way, if I'm booking this, I would actually have Kenny take the belt off of MJF at double or nothing. And that at the end of the show, CM Punk surprise comes out and beats the shit out of Kenny Omega where the young bucks try to help. And then FTR comes out and you build that whole summer around them feuding. They have, they have to make up at some point. There's way too much money to be made in that, in that whole thing to not do that. And then you end it at all out with punk versus Omega for the title. And you have Omega win. (laughs) That's punk's punishment is to lose the feud. That's right. Because you know it would piss him off. <laughs> now, you know, and, and obviously he does, uh, you know, someone has to fight somebody. But other than that, yeah, I think it's, it was perfect. Right. <laughs> and that was basically our revolution review. Um, we missed anything from Dynamite. I think we kind of covered everything except for the uh, next Wednesday or this coming Wednesday. We got that triple threat trios match, which is going to be absolutely insane. Between the JAS, House of Black, and the Elite, I mean, that's going to be insane. Wild. Yeah, I, I I, couldn't believe it when they announced it, and then I couldn't believe that it was only a week later. Uh, I mean, it is going to be uh, a train wreck uh, in the best possible way. I am super pumped for that match. Yeah. Um, and I think it's the right place for Jericho right now. I, I, mm-hmm. I like him doing this. Um, I think it's a good use of of JAS, I think it's a good use of Jericho. I yeah, I think it's going to be a really fun match. Yeah, um, I don't see House of Black losing, but I think no. it's going to be a really fun match. <laughs> I, I do too. Um, and just that dynamite coming up is just stacked. We're getting a free pay per view again, like this quickly. We're getting MJF's rebar mitzvah. We're getting um, let's see, the other trios match: Dark Order versus Blackpool Combat Club. We're getting that triple threat trios match. Um, was it? Wasn't there a women's match announced too, or am I making that up? I feel like Ruby's missing somebody. Um, FTR, I think, was advertised for it. Um, yep. It's just a stacked, it just looks like a stacked show. And I'm super fucking stoked. Um, moving on to what we brought up earlier. I go to, well, I wouldn't say I went to bed. I woke up on the floor last night at like 2 a.m. <laughs> Katie said she was trying to get me to go up to bed. And I was like, just leave me be. And so she did. And I was like, wait, we're I'm on the floor again. <laughs> I guess I tried to get up and didn't make it. Um, but anyway, I woke up in bed this morning and I go on Twitter and I just see like all these tweets about uh the guy from Wrestling Inc. Raj. What a douchebag this guy is. He is a major douchebag. He is such a WWE fanboy now. And like, nobody's calling that out. It is what it is. This is a little bullshit Twitter drama. But after Powerhouse Hobbs won the championship, for those that don't know, when Powerhouse Hobbs won the championship on Wednesday night, Raj had just a weird take about Wardlow's booking like from double or nothing last year to now. And we talked about that already. And it's like the MJF match really kind of damaged it. And that the crowd just kind of fell out. I don't think it's his booking. Wardlow was not that big 
after the MJF match. Like he won the TNT title, but after winning that, it was kind of like, what's next now? And the fans fell out quickly. And that's not, to me, that's not on AEW. That's not on Wardlow. It's just, it just sucks. It happens sometimes in wrestling. And Wardlow, I think, is kind of rebuilding his, like, it's re, it's coming back up again. The promo he cut on Wednesday night was awesome. It's like, yes, we need more of that. We need more of him just angry. And I thought that was good. Raj comes out with this bullshit, that weird statement, and QT Marshall defended not just Wardlow, but defended the entire AEW roster because a year ago, Raj and I cannot stand this guy, Alfred of whatever his name is. Well, I was just going to bring that up too. Like he is the worst. He is he's almost as bad as that JD from NY guy. He's almost as he's just as bad as Cornette. Like extremely fucking bad. And sometimes I think Cornette's like working us a little bit because he's such a carny. But like this guy's just a piece of shit. Like there's no there's no other way around. This guy is an ignorant asshole. And then you got both of them on a, a podcast a year ago with Matt Morgan saying like, oh, you know, the only reason why she is getting pushed is because she's dating Kenny Omega or sleeping with Kenny Omega. And it's just like, what an ignorant fucking thing to say, number one. Then something else was said after it where the mic cuts out. And he's like, oh, I think we need to edit this out of the show. And they just kind of like giggle it off. And I'm just like, you guys are pieces of shit. And that's why QT Marshall was like, I'm done with this guy. So fuck him. Um, QT Marshall. Is amazing. <laughs> um, we we talked we talked about it before, and he like he doesn't do anything for me on TV. Like that that is what I'll say. I think he's a good foil. I think he's good at his job. Mm-hmm. He's just not like he's just not my preference for what I want. Like right. it's fine. I thought that, that I thought they told the story well. Still, and I'm actually kind of intrigued to see like his new gimmick and like. The his new like uh, QTV stuff like I'm actually mm. I'm interested and they made me interested in that and he's a quality human being um and he's he's a great trainer too like let's, yeah. let's call that out too like he's been a great trainer for them and has been really really positive to their morale um and yeah Raj Al- Alfred I always think of Alfred anytime anybody says anything it's so weird to me. Because, like, a lot of these guys, Raj included, and frankly, even, like, Ryan Satin included, like, these are guys who, like, they weren't like this 10 years ago. No. Covering wrestling. And they just get, like, I don't know. I mean, Ryan, like, whatever. He's, he's on WWE payroll. But I get it. And some other shit. But, mm-hmm. like, Raj, like, what are you doing, Raj? Like, right. it, it makes no sense to me. And it's just, like, why did we, you know, we know the tribalism's bad and whatever, but, like, it's really funny because also the people that they like complain about tribalism is like, can you just fucking look at yourself in the mirror for a second? Like, Shit. Two guys that never wrestled in their life and they're like, have these yeah. such strong ass opinions about it. And sure, we might be doing the same thing, but I don't think we're doing it in an ignorant fucking way. We're doing it in yeah. criticizing like wrestling, but we're also saying we don't talk about it. This is one thing I really like about our show and I like about when we talk about wrestling in general, we don't harp on the negative so much. We used to try to say very positive. Even when we talk about WWE, it's like, we don't really like it, but Hey, the stuff they're doing with Roman and Sammy is great. Like we love that. But other than that, WWE fans will tell you to your face that like, yeah, other than like the main event, there's really nothing else going on in the show right now. Like you have like Seth and Logan, that's whatever it is, what it is. 
Uh, you have Trish and Lita back again is what it is, but it's not making me want to tune in and there's no disrespect to them. It's just something isn't clicking and it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel natural and it doesn't feel like there's chemistry with like what's going on. And to me, that's what it all boils down. There's no thread. There's no thread. There's a thread in AEW. There was always a thread in the attitude era. We can talk about like some of those matches weren't the best matches. Like people forget that. Right. Um, like you're getting Road Dog and Gangrel. Look, loved you know, loved both of them for what their gimmicks were. But like, we're not getting a five star class. Naked that, Midian right? versus Viscera. Always, <laughs> right. <laughs> but there was always a thread in the show. Right. And they lost that ability for some reason. They can only tell one story at a time. And I don't understand right. what happened there. Um, and that story's been one of the best stories of all time, and that's great. Because you can't rest on that. Like that's the issue that I have with WWE. Is like they just feel like there's no cohesion. No. There's always cohesion in AEW. Sometimes to a fault, uh, if we're being honest, but like it is like there is cohesion. Right. Um, so yeah, to your point, like we try not and, and the stuff I feel like we're negative about, it's it's to say, hey, you have the potential to do so much better. So why aren't you just doing better? You clearly have shown you can do these things. Right. And just do it. <laughs> right. And um I love that. So I was just going through like Raj's like Twitter, like looking at his tweets, and he's like, "This is all I said. Why is this happening?" It's like, dude, you have been a douchebag for months. I can't believe it took this long for somebody to say something to you. Like, you're a piece of shit. Like, you're not a good person. Like, I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand it. And like, QT's just had enough. And the fact that other wrestlers are like coming to the aid of like Taz, like come to these like QT's one of the hardest working people in AEW, and people don't know it. Like. Yeah. To me, that speaks yeah. volumes. It's Taz is talking about it. Another thing. So basically, where I'm getting at is wrestling media is really, at the end of the day, the fucking biggest cancer to professional wrestling. Sometimes I might think it's the fans, but then when I look at the shit, I don't know what it was. I just kind of realized it today. I'm like, you have all these morons like Raj, like Cornette, like even sometimes Melter. Uh, you have it with fucking Russo, Disco Inferno, and now Bully fucking Ray. They motivate these weird fucking people to be assholes to one another because they come up with these shit takes. Bully Ray, literally five minutes after reading all the the Raj shit, I see Bully Ray bitching about the referees in the fucking ladder spots in AEW. And they were like, he's like, I've never seen like referees do this before, blah, blah, blah. Like being a little bitch about it. So it's very easy. That's fucking lying. (laughs) It's like, it's very easy to go to Google and type in referee holding ladder WWE and sure as shit. So many pictures come up with referees holding the fucking ladder down, jumping in the ring and holding the ladder down. Like uh, the three that I posted to bully Ray. And like, have you taken too many chair shots to the head bully? Cause you're being an idiot, like a total yeah. dumb fuck. Like, what are you talking about? And I, I don't remember who said it, but they're like, Oh yeah. Well, I guess we're just supposed to let him fucking fall. Like, I yeah. Christ. It was like, oh, we're just supposed to let him fall and get hurt? Like, Yeah. Like, I, I just, just, I don't get it. Here's what I will say. It pointed out something that I think AEW has a flaw right now, and I don't understand what's happening, which is they've had a production snafu every yeah. single time in like the past two months. I don't understand what's happening. I don't um, either. Especially because they got Mansuri, and I'm like, this guy 
is already shown like he's cleaned some some things up. So I'm like, why is this like? And this week's hit was the like that people could hear the commentary over the over the house mic. Yeah. Like, what is happening? Which is my dream, by the way. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, <laughs> um, but like, yeah, I um, I, I, but that is one thing where I'm like, yes, could they have? Uh, could they've shown a different angle that maybe like didn't show it as much? Sure. But at the end of the day, I don't give a shit. Right. Like, what are what are they supposed to do? <laughs> the refs are literally there to make sure that people are safe. Right. And I think it kind of added to the moment a little bit because he had to stand on the fucking top of the ladder to get it down because that ladder was so fucked up. Like, yes. um, I just I don't get like what's going on with these with these so-called journalists lately i don't get it they have been worse than the fans they've been way worse than the fans and even older people who've actually wrestled like bully raid has been worse than the fans lately and it's like um and apparently bully ray and tommy dreamer have been going back and forth like on like that that satellite radio show people don't know if it's a work or not but uh what's his name oh fuck what's his name the host of the show um Dave. yes Zabreka. yes I don't know if you saw that clip where he was like, I don't know what the fuck is going on with YouTube, but this is my life. So if you guys are fighting and we get canceled, fuck you both. Like, this is my job. And it's like, yeah. that seemed real to me. That didn't seem like it was a work. And it yeah. it quickly went away, too. So that makes me think that it was real because yeah. he seemed legit pissed. And Mark Henry's just sitting there just like this, just like, oh, man, just like he just wants it to be over. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But um, I'll, if I find that clip, I'll send it to you. But yeah, it just, it just, yeah, it just blew my mind. And wrestling journalists have just been blowing my mind left and right lately with some of these shit, shit takes that they've been saying, and I just don't get it. It makes no sense. Why did my garage door just open? <laughs> it's weird. That's really weird. I don't know what happened. Katie's not here. All right. Well, anyway. <laughs> Um, this podcast just turned into a snuff film, I guess. We'll, uh, <laughs> we'll stay on the air, folks. Uh, <laughs> yep. If you if you see anybody behind me, let me know. Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, last thing before we get out of here. I was trying not to think about it because I literally thought about it right before we started recording. Um, so I think it was announced that AEW is for sure doing Forbidden Door 2 this year um, at some point. If we were lucky enough to get a WWE AEW Forbidden Door pay-per-view, if you could make five matches, five dream matches, what would they be? Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> okay. If you have thoughts, please feel free to start, because I may need a match to just put things together. Right. Uh, my first match, I mean, this would be, this was always like my thought, Man, it's so tough because it's like, do it? Would I would would I rather see a singles match or would I rather see a trios match? And I'm gonna lean towards the trios. I want to see the elite versus the bloodline. Yeah. So it's interesting that you say that because the one thing that I was like, there's only one thing that makes sense to me for the young bucks to come into, and that's if Cody loses. If Cody loses. Then I say that he goes, the bloodline, the numbers are getting to me. I can't do it with, you know, what I got here. I got to bring in my friends. 
mm-hmm. and you get Cody in the blood and, and, the, and the young bucks against the bloodline. So I just wanted to go back to that because we talked about <laughs> what the young bucks do. That's the only thing I can see them doing. You bring them in on a one shot. That's it. The end. Right. Um, no. Yes. Uh, anyway, keep going. Love that. Love that <laughs> match though, and it's something I definitely like. Yes, I would love to see that. I would then see, I want to see the acclaimed with daddy ass versus the new day, all three of them, the trios match again. <laughs> it's just going to be trios matches <laughs> only because I just think like new day and the acclaimed going back and forth on the mic would be fucking hilarious. It would just be golden TV. Um, yeah. And I had one other match. I think it was MJF versus Seth Rollins. That's literally the first match I just put down. <laughs> it's MJF and Seth Rollins. Simpatico, but I don't know why. I mean, like, that to me is the match that I feel. And I actually think like the promos, like I think it brings Seth out of the shell a little more. And he's mm-hmm. really great lately. But I think it would it would it would bump him up. I think like Seth is also someone who takes things very personally. And yeah. I think it would really like add to oh yeah that view. Definitely, hundred um, percent. Let's see. That's so funny. That is that's the, the very first. Um, see, yeah, uh, this is tough. I'm, also like, I'm trying to think of like I really like the idea of having some more like um, you know AW originals or, or or you know folks that um, that haven't been in WWE before like coming over to to mm-hmm. face somebody. Um, I. Like I would love to see Ricky Starks and Carmelo Hayes. Yeah, like that would be really. God damn, that would be a great <laughs> match. They would their their chemistry. I feel like would be through the roof. That would be a yeah. great match. Um, yeah. I think we. I think you brought this up to me a few weeks ago. Charlotte Flair, Jade Cargill. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be a wonderful. Yeah, wonderful exercise. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, I would, I would love to see that. I, uh, I think that would be really, a really phenomenal match. Becky, Jamie Hader. Um, that's a good one. That's a yeah. really, really good one. Oh, yeah, that's that's really good. Oscar yeah. versus Sheeta would be fucking great too. I would, I would. They would tear each other apart in that match. They would, yeah. Fucking Asuka, Jamie Hader would be almost better than Becky, I think, actually. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you could also do Bianca and Jade. Um, I think there's some some real with with you know, similar to Charlotte, with Bianca yeah, mm-hmm. background, uh, uh, kind of the pedigree there. I think that would be really interesting. Um, I I think you could do. Uh, I think you you would naturally do Shaq against Logan Paul, of course. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> Give me a uh, Lashley and Wardlow. That would be good. That yeah. would be really good. Yeah. Um, two big me men slapping meat. Absolutely. The best <laughs> The best that, that it gets. Uh, <laughs> give me, on the flip side, give me Cobbs and, and, and Lesnar. And um, I think you could have a, a really good match here as well. Katie, we could see <laughs> you in the video. <laughs> There is someone behind you. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's <was> so. <laughs> it's like solid, like just out of the corner. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh. 
Give me Edge Adam Cole. That's what I want to see. Okay. I I was actually, Edge was where I was going next. Obviously, give me Edge and Christian. Give me (laughs) me Edge versus Jeff Jarrett. Take me back to 99. Give me Edge and Jeff Jarrett. Uh, Yeah. Give me Jeff Jarrett versus Vince McMahon. Just let Jeff Jarrett just beat the shit out of him. That's fine. And what's up? Vince apparently had a dirt stash on Monday Night Raw, or when he was backstage. Sean Rostap said no mustache, but uh, I don't know. There was a lot of people who said he had the mustache. So uh, yeah, just walking around with a stash. His best friend John Cena was there. Of course, he's gonna, you know, be there. Um, uh, yeah, and you know what? Speaking of, give me, give me John Cena versus. Powerhouse Hobbs. That's actually what I would see. Ooh, that would be a really good match. That would be a really good match. What was there was one I thought about the other day with Cody. I was thinking, have we ever see a Cody Rhodes John Moxley match? Not since their shield and and uh Rhodes days, no. Mm. Uh, yeah. There's so uh, many possibilities you could do with this. I mean, you got Darby. Darby Allen, Bray Wyatt, or Bray Wyatt in the House of Black, like, yeah, yeah. You know what happened? If they're like Lesnar, they'll stay the hell away from him, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, give me Brock Lesnar powerhouse. Oh man, um, oh, this I meant to bring this up to you before we get out of here. There was one thing I meant to bring up to you. Somebody on Twitter said if they're doing a Bullet Club thing and they don't have a leader, Swerve should be the leader of the Bullet Club. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I really love that. Um, oh, God, I love Swerve. You know that. Uh, yeah, I, I think that'd be good. I think it would be a good way to, like, mesh kind of what he's trying to do right now. And I feel like, look, Swerve's not going to lose anything from this because he is Teflon, seemingly. But this, his his entourage is not working. Um, and not because of him. Like, they just can't go in the ring. So it's like, it makes it harder to do Right, the things that I think he could do if he had a successful stable around him. Um, he's great, and they are good in so far as like what they bring presentation wise. I just think when when uh, it's time to nut up or shut up, uh, he's gonna have to do all the lifting in the ring. Right, and as great as he is, and we know that I I just think he's tits. Uh, <laughs> I think that it will be it, it's gonna be a tough sell for people to take those two seriously. Right. I yeah I agree, especially when Barker Pedro can't stop doing those weird ass faces every time he does a move. It's like, dude, stop, stop! You have to do that every single time. Just relax, like fuck. Or when he's on the outside, he's always grabbing the chain. Yeah. Uh, oh Jesus, he's he's a character, man. Uh, <laughs> he he's he's a dork. I'm just gonna fly. Like, he's a dork. <laughs> he is. He's, he's, he's so trying. Funny. He's just trying too hard to be like Brock, and it's like, dude, be your own thing. Like you can. He has talent, but he's trying way too hard to be Brock Lesnar 2.0. I agree. I agree. All right. Well, uh, but I love Swerve as the leader of the Bullet Club. Absolutely. Um, if you're going someone from inside, I think you could give it to Chris Bay, too. I think you could. I think Finley, like I said, probably is going to end up being the de facto leader. I think Juice could. I mean, I think there's a lot of options that maybe, like, I think there's a lot of people at the same level right now mm. that could take that agenda or are we in for a swerve no pun intended and kenny omega takes back over the bullet club that'd be fine for me 
Yeah. Actually, be pretty awesome, actually. Get the Young Bucks, everybody back in the Bullet Club again. Just have your own version of Bullet Club. Basically do like how they did in Ring of Honor. You just have like those two yep. separate versions. Yep. yep. That'd be awesome. Well, anyway, I think we covered all of our bases here on the wrestling wrap-up for this episode. Uh, you can follow Offended at Offended Pod on all social media platforms except for Facebook. Or I guess if you want to read some Dominican Republic posts, go ahead. Check out Facebook. It has like 100,000 followers now. So hopefully one day I get that page back. And we got a lot of followers. <laughs> That's right. Um, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Trick1042. You can follow Thomas at Thomas underscore Ragland. And any update on What's Your Bliss? Uh, we've had some snafus in the little home office, but I think uh, this month I'm, 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 I'm trying so hard. We have an awesome plan in the works, my wife and I, for our new podcast. And we just have to have the time to do it, trying to fit all of that in, plus work, plus the kids, plus, you know, uh, the other responsibilities. It, it's been hard, frankly. Dude, I uh, hear you. But I am really, really committed to something before the summer, but I'm hoping, hoping, hoping we can get something out this month to, to get us started. I think it's going to be a real blast. Uh, I'm excited to, uh, to, to give you all some more details, and hopefully we can do that in the, in the next uh, yeah, probably, hopefully by next, next time we have a wrestling yeah definitely I'm excited I'm, I've been waiting I've been waiting a long time I feel like your podcast is like the AEW video game it just keeps getting delayed <laughs> it's yeah it's true at least I did give <laughs> an original product for a little while uh, but, but uh, yes it's not going to be the same format not going to be the interview format I love doing that but it's uh, talk about taking time and, and energy and yeah. things like that. It was really awesome. One day, I hope to bring that format back for the, even if it's just as, as kind of special pieces, because I'd, I'd really love to interview all the boys, um, you know, for their bliss and, and other things. But uh, at this time, it's just it's just not going to work. Things have picked up at work as well. Uh, <laughs> so uh, trying, trying to manage, but uh, I am excited about this new opportunity. And, and I'm really to nice. Nice. Um, I think we might be having a network special coming out soon. I think we, after talking to the boys a little bit, I think it seems like that we might be gearing up for an episode. I have an idea in mind. I would like to do a Nintendo 64 bracket and just oh, like chaos that. ensue because you know there's going to be arguments on that. Yeah, yeah. I'm already like thinking of some uh, some, some lesser known games that I, I'll throw in there just to be uh, just to be a, a little deviant. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Excited. Well, no mercy better win if we do that. So that's all I got to say. Obviously. <laughs> Obviously. Uh, make sure to go check out Just Cobbis, uh, justcobbis.com. Get some cool shirts like the one that Thomas is wearing right now. Uh, and be sure to check out anythingbrecredible.com for all your network needs, including this podcast and all the other podcasts that you can listen to. Please subscribe. Give us five stars on everything. Thank you very much. Again, that's anythingbrecredible.com. I think that's about everything that I can think of anyways. Um, fuck Raj, and uh, yeah, that's basically it. For, for Thomas, I'm Tricky. This has been a Wrestling Wrap-Up presented by the Anything Incredible Network, Offended and What's Your Bliss podcast. We will see you guys next time. Peace. An old cowboy went right now to a dark and windy day. A potterage he rested as he went along his way.
Hurt, but they 